0: How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. So excited to have you here. As always, if you're brand new to Dad Tired, welcome. We're just a bunch of dudes who are trying to fall in love with Jesus and to help our families do the same. Uh, If that resonates with you, if you're a dude that's trying to do that, uh, we'd love to have you come hang out with us. You can do that by going to dadtired.com. Click the community tab and that will actually link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook. We've got thousands of guys from around the world who are taking this stuff seriously. So we'd love to have you come be part of that over there. Uh, You may have heard if you've been listening for a while that we are trying to raise $15,000 by the end of the year so that we can do more of our Dad Tired conferences throughout the country. We've already got four scheduled for 2020, but we want to do like tons of these all over the country in a city near you. Uh, We've raised over $5,000 of that $15,000. So if you want to help contribute to that and just help see more guys be equipped with the gospel for the sake of their families and God's kingdom continuing to advance all over the country and world, we'd love to have you be part of that with us. When you donate, uh, you're going to automatically be entered to win a $250 gift card to Amazon that will be uh, selected on December 18th. So we're going to randomly select someone to win a $250 gift card to Amazon, help you out with some Christmas uh, presents. But then also, uh, just for everyone that makes a donation, we're going to send you a free Dad Tired signed book just as our way of saying thank you for partnering with us. So go to dadtired.com forward slash Christmas, dadtired.com forward slash Christmas, and that will enter you in to win that gift card and also get you a free book when you partner with us by making a donation. Today's episode is with one of my favorite authors, pastors, speakers, David Platt. This guy has been influential in my personal Christian walk for over a decade now. Um, one his his book, Radical, like um, deeply shaped my faith and just my way of thinking through what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. I've prom- like I've I've promoted and I've talked about his book tons and tons of times. Um, but he wrote a new book that we're going to be talking about in our interview today. And in, as always, it's going to be. Very, very helpful for you because he just, uh, he loves the Lord and it just like bleeds through in his DNA. So I I know he's going to encourage you a ton. Before we dive into today's episode, I do want to thank my friends over at Blinkus for sponsoring today's episode. Um, Blinkist, man, one of the most helpful and useful apps on my phone. It really is my secret weapon for learning all kinds of new things because I don't really have time to sit down and read all kinds of books as a dad, as a busy dad. And I know many of you guys are the same way. It's just hard to find time to sit down and read. Um, and that's what Blinkist does. That it's an incredible app that solves that problem for you. I highly recommend it. Um, it's really unique. It works right on your phone or on your tablet or on your web browser. Blinkist will take the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condense them down to just 15 minutes so that you could either read them or listen to them. There's over 8 million people who have used Blinkist right now. They've got a massive and growing library from self-help books, business, health books, history books. Um, they've got the latest titles from the bestsellers list, as well as classic nonfiction titles that you want to read, but you just don't have time to read. Uh, I personally use Blinkist as I'm commuting That's a, or when I'm on an airplane, which is, seems to be a lot these days. Uh, I just pop it on and you can just bust through a lot of books in a very short amount of time. I've recommended to you before, but I really like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and also the book Getting Things Done by David Allen, both great books that you can check out. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you, the Dad Tired audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash tired, try it for free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tired to start your free seven-day trial, and you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at com forward slash tired. David, I'm so grateful that you decided to hang out with us today, man. Uh, your books and your ministry has had just a huge impact on my life, uh, and just my journey of falling more in love with Jesus. So I'm just honored that you're here today. But for the audience uh, members who may not be familiar with you, could you just give us a quick update on who you are and what you're doing these days?
1: Yeah, so I, uh, uh, by God's grace right now, I'm uh, pastoring McLean Bible Church in Greater Washington, D.C. And uh, so married with uh, five kids, uh, which is new news for us. So we've, uh, we have four and then we're in the process of adopting our fifth. So Lord willing, uh, we'll travel in a few weeks to go pick up our fifth from China. So, uh, two out of our five kids, this will be three that are adopted and two that are biological. So, uh, yeah, it's a long story, but I know, uh, as various husbands and dads are listening, uh, like my wife and I walked through, uh, Uh, process of infertility for many years and uh, we're wondering if God was ever going to provide kids and uh, um, he ended up leading us down the adoption path and I kind of I think I would have even said I know I thought like oh I guess this is second best if we can't Mm -hmm. have children biologically but I learned real quick that adoption was just as best and so we ended up adopting our first son from Kazakhstan and then got back and two weeks later, my wife was pregnant. And so then our second son came along and then uh, we knew we wanted to adopt again. Uh, but we also apparently knew we were able to have children biologically. So the next three years, we we worked through a process of adoption and adopted our daughter from China. And then three wow. months later, got back and Heather uh, was pregnant again. So then came forth. So now we're adopting. So yeah, uh, if the pattern were to be true, <laughs> yeah. then we would be pregnant sometime the next year. Although I'd I don't know. I, I, I don't know what God's doing. So, but I would be really, really shocked if that happened. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's kind of our family. And, uh, yeah, here in greater Washington, DC, trying to make disciples of the nations here in the city and from here to the ends of the earth.
0: That's awesome, man. I, yeah. I was going to say that based on the pattern, you're like, you, you've got two coming. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> there you Well, yeah, yeah man, I mean, it could, and my kids are like, yeah, of course, that's what's going to happen. So, uh, I, again, I'd be shocked, but Hey, like you know, Ephesians three twenty and twenty one, God able to do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. Like I, I look around my table at night, and I'm like, I didn't even know to ask for this yeah. or imagine this. So, yeah. so I'm not about to presume I know what what the future looks like either.
0: What are your? This is like totally. I want to dive into your book that just came out, but just, just based on what you just said there, and like it, kind of your journey of having kids and infertility and all that. Like, what has been your thoughts on just? Um, for way lack of better words, like family planning. Have you always just mm-hmm. thought like, God, with as many as you bless us with, or like, am I going to try to control how many I have? Or what's been your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, because of our story, like nothing has gone according to plan. And I'm really, really grateful. Uh, you know, that's the thing is, um, and so for us, particularly when it comes to infertility, uh, and I'm guessing there's some who are listening to this who maybe have walked that road or yeah. are walking that road mm-hmm. right now. Um, and it is, it's a faith struggle, like, uh, month after month, like longing for children, you know, God has the power to provide children. It's like either sh- show your power or take this desire away. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why we have this desire if you're not going to provide in this way. And, uh, but so, and obviously I don't know how every story is going to turn out. It's certainly not necessarily going to turn out the way ours did, but, um, it's been awesome just to see, god's sovereignty and i just picture for those years of infertility month after month we're looking at him just saying why why we had no idea what he had in store and so uh anyway back to family planning well i would just say maybe right there to any husbands dads who are listening to this and maybe wondering why things aren't going according to plan just it is really good to know that uh Psalm thirty-one, fifteen. Our times are in His hands, and mm. He He definitely has a plan. Romans eight, twenty-eight. That is for good, as we trust in Him. Mm. And uh, I don't, again, I don't know what that's going to look like or how that's going to play out. But uh, this is this is faith. This is trusting that God's yeah. plans are better than our plans. And uh, now, do I think that means we need to not do any planning? Uh, no, I think there's there can be wisdom and thinking through. Okay, what is this like? Especially if we're thinking about adoption and that sort of thing but it i just think with any planning in our lives in any way like we hold loosely to them as followers of christ we we wisely look at our lives and um how to best glorify god with them but we trust that god's plans are always better than ours even when
0: that's hard yeah it's a good word man um, I want to dive into the book, your newest book here. Uh, I think Radical uh, has probably been the book that I've recommended most on this podcast over the four mm-hmm. years that we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely the first book that I had ever pushed our listeners to go read um, but in this book you you just wrote one called something needs to change and it's uh, it's powerful like just just like all your other books um, but it's interesting because on this one, you kind of take off your like pastor hat. And you put on, you you like take us almost into just like your journals of trekking through the Himalayas and we get to like, we, we meet the people that you meet, you, we hear what God is calling you to and like what the kind of the wrestling that you're going through. Like what made you want to take this perspective on this particular book?
1: You know, it, it is, it's different than, uh, in format than anything I've written because I wanted to, uh and something I said at the very beginning. So yeah, the book is, is, is formatted as like an eight day journey where I want, uh, to take the reader on these trails with me. And, uh, one of the things I say in the beginning of the book is, yeah, I want to open up and be vulnerable about, uh, things I struggle with, with, with things I've written and truths i believe and things I preach, uh, like it's, and it's not that I believe them any less, but so it's one thing to talk about. Uh, yeah. Even as we were just talking about the goodness of God in the middle of difficult times, like, so how do you wrestle with the goodness of God when you're face to face with urgent spiritual and physical need in the world? And, and that's, that's kind of the best way I can describe what I've encountered in, in these villages in the Himalayas, uh, more than anywhere else I've traveled in the world. It's just this collision of urgent physical needs. So they, they did some research in these mountains and found that, uh, half the kids were dying before their eighth birthday. Wow. And like I can't, I can't, imma- like one of my greatest fears was happen- something happened to one of my kids. I right. can't imagine that being an expectation for a half of them. Jeez. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, and they're dying they're of preventable diseases, I mean, simple things, whether it's lack of clean water or uh, just an infection that you or I could go to a pharmacy and get a little ointment for and put on our kid It doesn't even phase his day. Mm. Uh, that could, could cause his life to end. Um, so, uh, so to see poverty, and then the way traffickers prey on poverty in these mm. villages, like a trafficker would come through and I see a family struggling with a nine 10 11 12 year old girl and uh, and say hey we can take her down into the city and help her get an education help her get a good job and she can make money that she can send back up to help your family and then she'll come back up and visit every once in a while and uh, and so family looks around at the dire circumstances around them and says well that we want what's best for our daughter so they'll send their uh, their daughter down with with these guys who will, take them into the city or across the border into another country where they will never come back and they won't have a good job. They'll be uh, put into brothels where they're broken and abused. And, uh, yeah, given mm. over to men to do with them, whatever those men want, mm. sometimes 10 to 15 different ones a day. Like it's Jeez. it's horrible It's horrible. And so you see this urgent physical need and on top of urgent spiritual need, like most of the people in these villages, have never heard the name of Jesus. They've never heard of God's love and Jesus. Like you go up to them on a trail and you say, "Hey, can I tell you about?" Or what do you know about Jesus? And they say, "Who's that?" Like it's like um, somebody in a, a village nearby that they haven't met. So, wow. so it's so all that to come back to uh, that that leads to all kinds of wrestling with like God. Where is your goodness in the middle of uh, oppression like this in the world? And when why why are some people born into such earthly suffering only to move on to eternal suffering without ever even hearing the gospel like Mm. those are real questions so these are things that i've written about in radical or things that i preach to the pastor but but it's it's just a whole other thing to come face to face with those needs and open the word uh and then wrestle through what god's word teaches and a lot of these needs and what you find is uh a lot of those why questions turn into what questions cuz you don't you can't figure everything out like i don't i don't think we can tie a tidy bow on some of those some of those hard questions but we can start to realize okay i may not be able to understand this or that but i i know that i can do something about this and that's that's what leads to the title of the book like something needs to change like what needs to change in my life or my family or in the church in order to be a part of making hope and god's grace known in the middle of urgent need
0: yeah yeah that uh, i want to get to the some of that what stuff like the you know moving past the why and into the what but i want to hang on like for a minute on the why stuff like Mm -hmm. just as a pastor like a lot of us would go and experience that and we you know you'd hear people uh wrestle through those same questions but it's it's um I don't know if refreshing is the right word, (laughs) Uh, but there is a sense of like, it's refreshing to hear you or or like somebody who teaches the word of God um, to say like, these are like questions that I've written about and I've taught about and done series about. And now I'm like wrestling. And you talk about in the book, how you're wrestling with these questions of like God's goodness or Jesus being the hope of the world. Did it surprise you to be in a position where you were like asking these bigger questions?
1: yeah it does i mean yes yes so that and that's kind of why i wanted to i'm part of why i wanted to write this book uh because i i want to because i I don't think i'm the only one who wrestles with with those questions i know we all do if we're willing to Hmm. if we're willing to dare to to look in the face of urgent need be affected by that and that's that's one thing And i write about it in the book like uh my i've spent numerous uh Time, uh, different times treks in those trails but my my first trek uh there um was just I, I remember i got to a point where i just in the room i was standing just fell on my face and just started weeping like mm. uncontrollably and uh, and then i sat back and was like w- why is this so uncommon for me like on the way over there like on the plane i had written a sermon on poverty and included some stuff on trafficking but i had written it from like a frighteningly cold hearted perspective. Mm. And uh, so it it was like this revealing in my own heart, this tendency to know what the Bible says to even know realities in the world, but not be affected by them. And so once we're willing to dare to be affected emotionally by them, like brought to our knees, like literally weeping and this is, this is Jesus who wept over those in need around him was, Uh, moved with compassion. So what does that look like in my life? And then that leads to these, these questions that, uh, that I think there's a right way to ask them with humility before God, not with like, God, I know what's better than you. Or if I was in charge, I'd be doing things differently. Like that's, that's kind of the essence of sin to say like from the very, very beginning, like, okay, I know my thoughts are better than God's thoughts. Like, so with humility, but but to open the word and then to wrestle through those truths, to ask those questions, and then you end up coming to uh, some yeah, some sobering realizations uh, and even some comforting realizations. Like somebody asked me the other day, um, David, how can you even believe in a good God when uh, you see suffering like this in the world and trafficking like this? And I, my response was, how can I not? Mm. Like, because... An atheistic answer to these these realities is far less uh, encouraging. Like, yeah. like, there is no God. Some people get lucky. Some people don't. There is no justice. There's no meaning. Like, in the end, it's all the same. Like, we all, like, no, there is justice. Like, justice is coming. Like, this mm-hmm. is injustice. Poverty, trafficking like this does not have the last word. Um, justice by God's grace we'll have the last word and so anyway it drives you to not again this place where you have this tidy bow and you just understand everything um, but to a place where you do realize like the the goodness and God's justice and the, the need for God's grace and hope amidst hopelessness that there is more than this world and then you're compelled in the process all the more to go and make his hope known.
0: Hmm. Hey guys, I want to take a minute to thank my friends over at Songfinch for sponsoring today's episode and making it possible. Songfinch is a personalized gifting company that brings stories, feelings, and memories to life through one of a kind songs. They've got personalized songs starting at just $99 and delivered within seven days. They have a community of professional songwriters that will handcraft the best gift that you can give. I've done this for Layla, it really is super, super special. Uh, just to be able to take the memories and thoughts that you have for somebody, give it to a songwriter, and they're going to craft the song very custom and specific to you and the ones that you love. Um, And it just starts at $99 and delivered within a week. So it's a really cool gift. If you're looking for something to give, to maybe a grandparent or a spouse or even your kids for this Christmas. This is such a great idea. Very, very personal and thoughtful gift. You can use the promo code TIRED. Again, TIRED, T-I-R-E-D, and that will give you $20 off your personalized song from scratch. Again, if you use the promo code TIRED, T-I-R-E-D, you're going to get $20 off your personalized song from scratch. You can go to songfinch.com and use the promo code TIRED at checkout. I guess one thing I am thinking of for a listener is the guys who are just like they're in dad mode and work mode, and they're just like, I, "I need to pay the next bill," and like my boss has me working overtime, and so like, how do you get to the point without actually being there and seeing the things that you saw and experiencing? Like, how do you get to the point where you are emotionally confronted with what's happening around the world, and your heart begins to break for for those urgent, both physical and spiritual needs of people who you are not interacting with. On a daily basis,
1: yeah, that's a great question, uh, and this is again part of why I wrote the book. Because whenever I come back from these trails, I, I just want to take multitudes of people on those trails yeah. with me, and I know that's physically not possible. So uh, this is my attempt to, to kind of bring these trails to uh, people in a way that I hope I hope will uh, just provoke some eye opening, heart opening um, that will then excuse <clears throat> lead us to look like we don't have to go really far to engage urgent needs. So it may not be right around us. The exact same as what I'm talking about here in the mountains, but wherever anybody who's listening to this lives, like there are, there are physical needs around us. There are urgent spiritual needs. I mean, people's greatest need is the gospel. There are people right around us in a workplace, maybe that boss, uh, in our neighborhoods, apartment complexes, wherever we live, uh, sports teams where we're coaching like I am with my kids. I think about a guy who I was texting with last night who uh, is not a follower of Christ that uh, uh, his kid was on my team this year. So like I uh, so we have opportunities to meet urgent spiritual needs right around us and physical needs. So to start engage, I I guess the danger is if we're not careful, uh, we can kind of cocoon ourselves in a bubble where we are going on day to day with with the good and right things we do to work to provide for our families to love our our wives kids well um and be a part of a local church so yes but just make sure there's there's not just this cocooning in uh and insulating in a nice like comfortable christian spin on the american dream that we create like instead we are engaging people in need around us in all kinds of different ways. And one of the things I try to do at the end of the book is just kind of help people think through practically. But I I just think about the small group I'm a part of in our church, like uh, this family over here is doing foster care and it's just awesome. Just the ways that they are caring for these kids and, uh, and these foster, these parents who are struggling to take care of their kids. I mean, they were just telling me a story this last week of, one of these children that they've fostered and ended up adopting, but they led the mom to Christ in the process. And she's now walking with Christ, even though she wasn't able to take the kid. Like it, it's just so that's just one picture. Yeah. And it's not all foster care, but that's the thing. There's there's so many ways we can be a part of engaging need right around us. And then I do, I encourage men to to look for opportunities to be a part of going and and short-term mission trips can can really be done wrong and uh can be unhelpful in some ways but they can also really be done right and be really helpful in other ways so to look for opportunities to kind of get out of your comfort zone for for just start like for a week somewhere else and doing that through a church and engaging physical and spiritual need like like it's very different from what's right around you. It's a really good reminder that the world doesn't look like just us. So to take you know, take a, a vacation week and spend it in another context like that, it'll totally, the way we always talk about it is you spend about 2% of your year, which is about one week of your year, in another context uh, amidst urgent spiritual and physical need, it'll radically transform the other 98% of your life hmm. you live. Right where you are, because your your eyes are open now in a different way. To uh, okay, there's there's more than just the day to day that I see, and then you start to see okay, how can I? Uh, and then just it changes your prayer life, it changes your giving, uh, both in your church and then beyond and through your church. Like when it comes to how can I use this this paycheck that I have each week? Uh, are there ways that I can be a little simpler over here and open up more resources to be a part of affecting Need there. I just think about, uh, you no, know, I think about a dentist and his wife who I've met over the last few months who, uh, yeah, they basically said, We get it. Like we, we see the need and we want to set a cap on our lifestyles and what we're earning in our, uh, dentistry practice. And now they're everything above that. They're giving away in awesome ways. Uh, like they just, uh, sponsored a, uh, uh, in the middle of uh chad africa uh this uh unreached village that's never heard the gospel um this uh pastor going in sharing the gospel there they don't have clean water They've dug a water well uh and uh, they just i mean they saw the first believer in this in this village come to faith in christ first ever uh-huh. and he wants to be baptized so they dig a hole in the ground and put a tarp in and use water from the well to fill it up and, and baptize wow. like this is a, a dentist in florida that has the opportunity to be a part of that in chad like and there's so many ways that can open up uh just that god will lead in different people's lives if we will again to come back to just be willing to open our eyes and our hearts and and then willing to make some changes in our lives along these lines
0: yeah, I I going back to like the taking a that 2% I like the way you said that. Uh I think that it's just what I've experienced is it seems like it's like a training camp for learning how to see your life on mission uh for mm-hmm. one week and then you come back and and you start to kind of learn how to see yourself on mission that 98% of the time, but it's just a week where you're like, "Oh, I'm looking for ways where God can move." during this week. And then when you come home, you just start to replicate that. Like, what would it look like for God to, to move in my neighborhood or at work or with yes. my boss or with my kids? And uh, I love the way you say that. And I, the other thing I talk about too, a lot with the guys is like, I just think a lot, you, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, but I think a lot of our churches are filled with men who are just bored. Um, and bored men always find uh, ways to look for adventure in really dumb areas. <laughs> Bo- I would say bored men are dangerous men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what you were just talking about, like that dentist and what they're doing in Africa, like it's hard to find yourself entangled in like kind of dumb sin when like that, like that guy's doing cool thing. Like he's partnering with Jesus for the sake of the gospel and guys, people are coming to know Christ around the world. Like that's exciting. And I just feel like so many men are longing to be part of something that's a little bit scary, a little bit beyond their normal life and comfort zone to use their money and talent and giftings for the things of God. And I just think like, that that's the stuff that we should be calling men to, you know, in our churches. Um, but, but if yes, you had a thought yes, on that, I'd yeah. love to hear yeah, that, but I do I have love a question. To right. jump in there, yeah. I
1: would just say a hundred percent. Yes. Like this is what God has called us to like he is, uh, and not to what I, well, I always want to be careful not to, uh, um, minimize the importance of just kind of the day to day, whether it's, uh, and glorifying God through working in an office and doing this or that. Like, uh, like, yes, that's glorifying God. It's providing for family. It's, uh, it's helping develop culture in the world. Like there's so many different things that are going on there, but to not stop that, to realize, yes, God is like this dentist is as an example, like God has created him for more than just dentistry. Like dentistry provides a platform, provides an opportunity, provides resources to then be a part of, something so much bigger than himself yeah. and uh so much more exciting and then yeah. yes it totally changes your perspective because then you're like i was created for this yeah not uh like hours on netflix or our you know in, in so many different ways There's just like the the trivial day-to-day that we can become so engrossed in that no, we're created for so much more. And so to to step into that and to pursue that and to not be, uh, not to settle for less than than that. And it is, it's, it's uh, I, th- I think you look in the New Testament, like I don't think you see a, a, a group of uh, bored people. Like That's you right. see people on an adventure uh, with God, participating with God and what he's doing in the world with a little bit of time. Like I look at my life. James for like I'm, my life's a mist. Like we're, I'm here for yeah. just a second and go on the next. Like I want to make the most of this mist. And so for that kind of urgency to compel us and then and we could go on, but not only the way that affects us, but then what we are modeling for our kids, what we're showing to our wives that we are created for so much more because we want to raise them up to our kids to be like, Follow Christ. We have abandoned the world to live for what's going to matter—not just five, ten years from now, but ten billion years from now—and right. uh, to set that example for our kids. Uh, yeah, we have. We have a. It's. It does come down to like we. We have. We're stewards of the time and the resources and the opportunities that God has given us, and He's given a lot us so how can we make the most of it
0: yeah how have you encouraged guys to like so they hear that i every time we talk i talk about this at conferences or whatever i always see guys kind of like their posture changes like their eyes light up because i think so many men you know not not to just keep beating this here but i just think that it resonates with so many men who really their souls are just longing for something more uh and they're just like i I don't know how else to say it but they really are bored but uh so how do you when a guy hears this and he's like you know he starts to feel like so his, his blood go, getting up, heart rate going up, he's like, yes, I want to be part of like what God's calling me to be part of and step into things that are bigger than me. Um, I guess, how does he lead his family in that? Like, how does he not just become his own kind of isolated? Well, he'll do that one week trip, which you know, absolutely go do and kind of change perspective so that God starts to stir something in you. But like, I guess, are there practical ways that you've seen either in your own family or that you've encouraged other guys to like, this is what it would look like for you to really lead your family as a team that all of us are kind of stepping into mission together. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yes, absolutely. And and that's so good. I think it's a great question because I think that's, that's the way it is supposed to be. We're not, we're not supposed to be Lone Rangers really Uh, disconnected from our family or disconnected from the church. Like we're intended to do this in community together. And so specifically when it comes to family, like uh, maybe just some things that uh, uh, I do with Heather, my wife and our kids, um, whether it's one just to build into the fabric of day-to-day routines. So this is where, uh, yeah, just family worship time in the word or in prayer together. And then we pray intentionally for an unreached people group every day. So there's a, mm. I mean, this is just kind of getting down to just some practical yeah. possibilities. Like, uh, the Joshua project has an app called unreached of the day. So we pull it up and we just pray for a group of people in the world. That's never heard the gospel. And so I want, I want my kids to know what an unreached people group is. I want them to, to picture them. Mm. I want them to, uh, yeah, be praying for them and for us to be thinking through, okay, what can we do? We do, uh, Uh, like a whole giving kind of tradition around Christmas where we uh, give them extra money during uh, the month for uh, different things they do around the house. And then, uh, and then they kind of it kind of becomes a competition where they're trying to get as much money as possible. Yeah. And then we uh, use that money and uh, they get to spend it on all kinds of needs around the world. We'll take like a gift catalog from a different ministry from different ministries. And we'll kind of go shopping in a sense for for how can we be a part of helping urgent spiritual and physical need around the world. So and they love it. Like they look forward to that. And then that's not just far from us, so those, but then right around us for us to do ministry together right around us, uh, to, to go out and, uh, uh, yeah, go visit a family that's in need, but not just for me to do that alone, but for me to take my family, to be a part of that, or if I can't take them all just one kid at a time or that kind of thing where they're seeing, uh, one, I want them to see a heart of Christ in me in action, but two, where they're learning I and mean, we, they'll never be what they can't see in person. Like they need to see this in action. So, uh, so that, those are just some examples coming to my mind when I think of categories, like trying to simplify it, like, okay, how can I, how can I teach them to pray? How can I teach them to give? How can I teach them to go? And, uh, and then to look for opportunities, even like we were talking about with a short-term trip to not just go and do that on your own, but to take along your, uh, you know, this son or this daughter, or, uh, your wife or just your family to the extent with which that's possible so that now you're doing this together you're owning this together this becomes a part of your conversations around the house that they see this in you they hear this around the dinner table like then they start to see wow like our life and our family is created for mission yeah. created for a purpose and so just to look for those practical opportunities and you know i'll, I'll mention this this will sound like a a plug, but it's one of the things I've just been really encouraged by. I've heard a, a variety of different people have told me that they have read through this Something Needs to Change book with their family, mm-hmm. like read it to their family uh, each each night, read a part or read a day, uh, part of the journey. And it's led to all kinds of conversations in their family. So there's other resources that can be helpful along those lines too, but to really uh, expose uh, our families to urgent need around us and to think together through, I mean, it's pretty powerful when you're sitting around your kids and you're like, what could we do? And to see them start to dream about how they can be a part of uh, making a, a difference for the glory of Christ in the world. It's pretty awesome.
0: I've heard stories where kids are like more creative than we are. Their minds don't have as uh, small of a box when they're That's talking That's right. <laughs> That's right. Good word. Yeah. Uh, I know like just the having scripture kind of memorized and hidden deep within your heart. It's so important to you. I, I heard you talk about on my friend, uh, Hunter Belis. She has the journey women podcast that you were on recently. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard, uh, you mention on there that, uh, you had a, uh, was it a youth pastor or a mentor kind of when you were younger, talk about how important it is to just really hide the scripture and memorize the scripture. Um, did, how have you kind of helped cultivate that in your kids? Like what, do you have any like practices that you're, doing to try to help them study and memorize the scriptures
1: so yeah just to uh even recap what you were alluding to i'm indebted to uh, a student minister and another uh, guy in particular who just they just uh, at different points in my life as a student just said hey david you look in history you look in the bible look in the christian history like men and women who've been used powerfully by god were just uh, saturated with the word and just flowed from them. And, uh, they encouraged me to start memorizing, uh, trying to learn to memorize passages or chapters or books in the Bible. And I mean, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely, uh, I mean, it's been transformative in me and I think mean, it makes sense. It's what the Bible tells us when, when Joshua one, talks about meditating on the word day and night, I think memorization is one of the most clear ways we can meditate on the word where we're just soaking it in uh, to our minds and our hearts where it just flows from us. And so with our kids, uh, yeah, we have, uh, I'd say a couple different routes that we use. Uh, One, we do scripture memorization with them. uh, And another something that's not just direct scripture but we'll do uh, catechisms so if you just did a search for uh catechisms for kids and catechism is basically just uh truths that uh of scripture it's kind of like teaching theology to your kids where you it's it's based on memorization where uh you know what's what's the chief end of man the chief end of man is to glorify god by enjoying him forever like those kind of things mm-hmm. and so that we kind of walk through with them but then That's obviously not directly scriptures, uh, walking through scripture memorization. And I would say, I mean, part of this, we supplement with, uh, what our church does and our children's ministry is really focused on scripture memorization. So they're getting it there too. I just think, especially kids like the ability to memorize is, uh, I mean, it's, and obviously different people have different abilities to memorize, but the capacity that's there, especially in the early years, I think about. I'll just I'll tell one story too. This uh we were walking through First John as a church recently, and uh we were memorizing together as a church the first chapter of First John. So uh each week we'd go over another verse and we'd try to memorize it together. Hmm. And this dad said to his teenage son, Hey son, you wanna do this together? And his teenage son was like, Sure. And so they start working on it, and every morning before his son would go off to uh, to school. They would spend just like 10 minutes together. They'd work on memorization of the verse for that week and talk about it. And then it just developed into, okay, they, they did that first first chapter of 1 John and this dad had never memorized scripture before. And he was like, I cannot believe not only am I memorizing it, but I'm doing it with my son. This is awesome. And then his son looks at him at the end of that journey and says, dad, I, I would love to keep doing this. I know the church is kind of finished with First John, but like, can we do something else? And so now they're memorizing, I can't remember what book, like Philippians or something like that wow. together, but that was the son's initiative. Like the son got wow. it. And so now the son and dad, every morning before he goes off to school, are sitting down and memorizing, a, working on another verse in Philippians. And I mean, it's totally changed wow. like both of their relationships with God, their relationship with each other, this dad's understanding of what it means to disciple his kids. Like, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's totally based on scripture, just simple scripture memorization. So, uh, anyway, I hopefully that's an encouragement yeah, that's uh, to so some levels. some dads who are listening and thinking yeah. through. Okay, what might what might I be able to do? And this is with a teenage son. He's like, I've never, you know, I'm having struggles with him connecting with him as a teenager right now. But to see this happening,
0: yeah, it's that's awesome. Incredible. Uh, in the book you had talked about, you know, like this is the stuff that you had you had uh, preached about and taught about, and yet you find yourself wrestling with some of these big questions face-to-face. Uh, had, have you experienced that as a husband and dad? Like, uh, if you could just be honest with us, like the same way you were honest in the book about God, you know, just questioning God's goodness and Jesus's hope for humanity and all that. But like if you switch categories and just you as a husband and father, like have you found yourself in a spot where like, man, I've taught about this stuff. I've written about this stuff, but like in my day to day, just trying to be a godly husband and a dad that's leading his family. Well, like there, here are some things I'm really wrestling with. Have you experienced any of that?
1: (laughs) You know, the, yes, yes. So, and you know, the first, well, there's so many things now come to my mind. And one thing that comes to my mind is, and I'm guessing any dad's familiar with this, like the questions that kids will ask. Uh, So be encouraged. Like I'm a pastor with all kinds of theological degrees, but I mean, my kids come up with some questions and I'm like, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, so then there's that level um, of just like, okay. And, and them challenging me with questions that, that are, and my encouragement practically to dads like don't be afraid to say that like that is a great question let's yeah. let's dive into that together and not feel bad that you don't have the answer or feel like you're like just dive in I mean we there's there's resources we have uh, to be able to, to dive into to those questions so sort of do that together with them um, but then yeah like parenting is a sanctifying process <laughs> and uh, like my I yeah it is not uncommon for heather and i to just be praying together at night just like god we have no idea mm. what we're doing and uh, how to how to help this child through this and they're they're so unique how to help, help that child through this and uh, and just but it's good. Like it's good to be brought to a place where you're just before God and saying, God, I can't do this mm-hmm. on my own. We need you. We need your help. We need your wisdom and to be humble in that and to to dive in into I mean the there's a great book called Shepherding a Child's Heart, but yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of a theme that we think about often. Like we want to shepherd each of these kids' hearts well and uniquely. And uh, and so how do we, how do we best do that? And, uh, it's not always easy. And I, uh, yeah, don't have all the answers. It's funny. Like Heather asked me, she probably asked me after I tell her what podcast I was on. <laughs> she was like, Oh yeah, I'm sure you're, you're the expert to share it all because she knows <laughs> I'm not an expert. Like, uh, so uh, I, I'll be the first to admit that. Uh, but, but I think that's the beauty, like in a James one kind of way, we don't, I don't have to be the experts. Like, Anyone lacks wisdom, uh, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Like we have a father in heaven who is ready to give us everything we need as dads on earth. Like everything we need. Mm -hmm. If we'll look to him, walk with him. That's why I would I would say just to anybody who's listening right now, especially a husband or dad, like the greatest need in your life is intimacy with jesus Mm. like the greatest need more than anything else more than your wife or kids need uh, a dad who uh yeah knows this or that or is able to coach them well in this or that or help them well in this or that like far above any of that they need you walking with jesus uh and and loving him with all your heart soul mind and strength because everything that they need most is going to flow from, from that.
0: Mm. Well, man, I was going to ask, uh, if you had any final words for the man that's just mm. wanting to lead his family well, but I think you just said it. So, mm. um, yeah, let's end there, man. I'm so grateful that you took the time. I know you're, you've got a lot going on. So thank you for carving out the time to hang out with us today. Uh, we'll definitely put a link in our show notes. So everyone go pick up a copy of something needs to change your newest book, but David, I'm so honored to be able to chat mm. with you today. You brought us closer to Jesus, man. Thank you. Mm. Thanks, Jared. This is pure joy, man. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Again, if you want to get a free copy of the Dad Tired book and be entered to win a $250 Amazon gift card before December 18th, go to dadtired.com forward slash Christmas. Again, anyone who gives to the Dad Tired ministry will automatically get a free signed copy of the Dad Tired book and be automatically entered to win a $250 Amazon gift card. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Bye.